Hello and welcome to the first episode of the History Mysteries podcast. In today's episode, I will be talking about the mystery of the SS Orang Medan with Jim. Say hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. There we go. We're going to be discussing the urban legend and try and work out if any of this has a basis in historical fact. So just to give you a bit of background about why I chose this for the very first of the podcast mysteries, I actually played the game that came out not so long ago, um, the Supermassive game from the Dark Anthology series, and I had no idea until about three weeks ago that it was actually based on a real story. I'm looking over at Jim at this point saying, well, the story is, the story is real. It is a real story. Yes, so, yeah, it's a real story. Is it a real thing? Is it a story about a real thing? That's the question, That's the question. That's isn't it? the question. Whether we're going to actually completely solve that is another... I, that's, that's quite, I think that's quite a bold aim. I think it is a bold aim. Um, I don't think the aim of this is to actually solve the mystery because, let's be honest, if since the 1940s, if it hasn't been done yet, would the breadth of historians in the world, I don't think we're going to... Sitting in our little utility room at the back of the house, trying to record between the train time, the trains passing by, um, I don't think we're going to necessarily solve the mystery, but we can certainly give the some historical facts around the different theories and That's see what the we can aim, come up it? with yeah yes. yeah um, although it's good to be positive oh absolutely so i'm not going to be giving away anything from the game however if you listen to this podcast you're likely to be able to kind of figure out where the game is going a little bit better Anyway, my guest today is my husband, Jim. So, Jim, would you like to introduce yourself to our esteemed listeners? I, I shall, thank you. Um, I am an archaeologist and historian. Um, so, But I don't know much about the SS Orang Medan. I've heard of it, as any good tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist and pseudo-historian should i i know it is a an historical mystery and i know a little bit about it but i am i am here to be educated today i think okay well good luck with that okay all officers including the captain are dead lying in chart room and bridge possibly whole crew dead this communication was followed by a burst of indecipherable morse code with the final message I die. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, spooky already. So, th- at this point, what do you think you know about the story of the SS Orang Medan, um, or the Man of Medan, because um, Orang... Like an orangutan. <laughs> means man. Man, man of the forest, man, uh, orangutan? Orangutan is man of the forest, so man of um, Orang Medan is man, man of, of Medan. Medan. There you go. So... So... It was, I know it's kind of a more modern day, I say modern day, I know it happened in the early 20th century, mm-hmm. um, possibly just after World War II, um, and it's sort of a modern Marie Celeste. Okay. Um, ghost ship or... Flying sh- Dutchman Marie Celeste. That sort of thing, yeah, of so, thing. so okay, some kind yes, of yeah. naval legend. Okay. Um, I... From the very brief reading I did months ago when you were playing 
man of Medan, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that rings a bell. What's that about? Yeah, I'm really glad that you told me that it was based on facts and I had I didn't just have to completely and utterly not realise and was like, Caw, I figured this game out, aren't I smart? Well, yes, you are. Nothing takes that away. <laughs> um I there are I'm aware there are some theories that link it to Japan in World War Two, which mm -hmm. is an area I know a little more about. Okay. So I'm presuming Put a pin in that that's something that might come up later yeah stick a fork in it we'll uh it's we'll get done. to that it's, yeah. well it's not done it's absolutely not done but okay. we will get to it okay but that that's that's about the breadth of my knowledge excellent so okay. this spooky message you've just read out is uh intriguing and worrying in equal measure excellent it is indeed and it's not even a creepypasta <laughs> okay so well, sit sit back get a cup of tea let I have one. You do. And let me tell you the story. It's a hot day in the South Seas on the 27th of June, 1947. Mm-hmm. Um, for those listening to this, the 27th of June was yesterday. <laughs> not 1947. Not 1947, no, no, no. but yeah. we're, we are actually recording this on the anniversary of the tale. The ambient temperature is north of 110 degrees Fahrenheit, which for those of us who work in Celsius is sort of upwards of about 43 degrees. That is toasty. It is toasty. It is very warm. I've once been somewhere where the heat was over 40 degrees and I nearly melted. There were two emergency calls sent, one asking for a doctor and a warship to be sent and the next one an SOS. The calls were intercepted by both the city of Baltimore and the American steamboat, the Silver Star. The Silver Star responded and the Orang Madan sent another message giving their position and stating that the third officer was lying dead on the bridge. The ship's captain and engineer were also dead and possibly the entire crew. During the call, the connection broke off. However, the radio operator managed to send one more message with the words... I die. I die. So yeah, okay. Right. So that's the kind of little summary of the, that little that okay, first, that so first that, part. This is our intro that's to the intro to yeah. the tale. Gotcha. So, I mean, what do we think about that? Is there anything that we think is entirely plausible? Completely not plausible. There's no. At least there's no. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're not there yet. We're not quite there. Okay. Okay. Um, geographically, in the in the South Sea, so are they in what the Indian Ocean, the South China Seas? Um. So it's from the research that I've been doing. It comes up, and this is something that we will get to later is that it's put in different places oh. but one of the places it's most commonly said to have occurred is on the strait of malacca which is um i think uh is it a 900 mile strait of like a shipping yeah strait really important shipping lane yeah yeah um which would make sense if you're going, if you're talking about a ship that's delivering cargo somewhere, for it yeah. to be on a strait that is a common shipping lane. Yeah, I mean that all sounds entirely legit so far. So you've okay. got a ship delivering cargo, got into trouble, some unspecified trouble that requires a doctor and a warship. 
Now, the Doctor and the warship are not always in the same... Oh, right. Not always in the same <laughs> retelling. But I'm conflating. At the moment, why don't we just say that the first message came through asking for the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And then the second message was basically saying... Actually, we don't need the doctor Everybody's anymore. Dead. Everyone's dead. Dave. I'm dead. Everyone's, Dave. Everyone's yeah, dead, dead, Dave. Dave. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So something happens very quickly then. I think that's what we can probably establish if they think, oh, old Jeffrey's sick. And then not long later, actually, Jeffrey's dead. dead. Yeah. yeah. Then whatever happened, happened super quick. Happened really fast. Okay. Yeah. So. At the time of the SOS, the Silver Star was around 210 nautical miles southeast of the position given by the Orang Medan, which is about 19 hours sail. Um, how far is a nautical mile? I think it's quite similar to a normal mile. I, I, I'm ashamed to say I don't know exactly. We're gonna get we're gonna get tweets, aren't we? Okay, well that's fine. I thought that you might know. Shall I look this up while we're doing the next bit? You could do. Yeah. You could do. Why don't you do that? Okay. So, but you need to make. You do need to pay attention. Pay attention. I am. I am. Honestly. Okay. Um, all further attempts to contact the Orangbadan by radio failed. So, after 19 hours of sail, and on June the 28th, the Orangbadan was sighted. The chimney on the ship showed no smoke. No flag was set. Now, is that unusual to not have a flag set? <laughs> Again, you're really, really stretching my knowledge of maritime practices here. You're I... more likely to know than me, which is why <coughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> um, I know there's lots of different types of flags that you fly when you're putting into port that can mean different things, particularly is not just about where you're Is there a flag that you'd you fly registered. if there was a problem? I wonder. Um, so I, mean, I wonder. I if... guess there must be. Well, it, that would make sense. Kind of like hoisting something that basically was saying, "Hey, we're here." Yeah. Like there's problems. Or is that something that was maybe more common in the age of sail and the, and the great big tanker with? I have. I honestly don't know. But anyway, it is. It's an. It's mentioned. It's mentioned as it's an anomaly. It's mentioned okay. as an anomaly. Yeah. So. It's just, worth knowing that. Oh, and we have yeah, information. Yeah, so the uh, the man looks up something on the internet, the great podcast section. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. Was it Wikipedia? Uh, yes, Wikipedia, oh, source okay. of absolute fact and no opinion whatsoever. Yeah, can I just say that <laughs> nothing that is spoken about on this podcast is from Wikipedia. Um, that was drilled into me during... Well, our university... Oh, God, yeah, wasn't That it? was drilled into... We were both at university doing archaeology together, and it was drilled into us that Wikipedia was never to be sourced, used or sourced... Yes. ...in anything we wrote. And I fully agree, as I'm about to read out something direct from a Wikipedia page. Brilliant. Go for um, it. Yeah, so, well, basically, a nautical mile is longer than a standard mile. It's a little bit longer, 1.15 times. A nautical mile is a bit longer than a mile on land. That's great. Because that's pretty I mean, much what you're we, in a boat, you're pre- not walking, so you don't. It's fine. That's pretty much what we decided. So yeah, so we're right according to Wikipedia. Yay. Okay. So I'm going to say no flag was set, which I'm say is a class as an anomaly, which is mm-hmm. talked about in the story. The there was a slight list to the starboard side, which is the starboard side, left or right? Right. Right. Thank you. 
That um, I know. But there's no visual damage at all. The lifeboat from the starboard side was missing, but the lines were still hanging. So it looked as though it had been actually been launched oh, okay. rather than come asunder on choppy seas or anything yeah, like so, that. So... Um, it hadn't, lines hadn't been cut, nothing like that. Oh. It had just been, the lifeboat seemed to have just been detached. So someone got off. Uh-huh. So they tried calling out with a megaphone. There was no response. They um, honked the horn. Thanks, notes. I, I don't. I don't know what you would say other than honked, but honk doesn't feel right. It for doesn't a ship. feel right, certainly not in this sort of slightly serious. Yeah, it's kind of like this sinister "what's going on" this approach. Sin- yes, the honk si- gives a the sinister- an impression of like on a bike, like no, oh, like a like not like his a, car, like a clown squeezy. Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. It's obviously not a clown squeezy, but. No. I mean, they, it'd be good if they were, wasn't it? Like, if every giant ship had them. You're not taking this seriously. I am, I promise. <laughs> okay. So, the Silver Star launched their boat with a first officer and nine men to investigate. Okay. So then, apparently, from the size of the ship, it should have had a 40-man... They would imagine it would have a 40-man crew. Okay. Um, so that will hope. Well, I say that should give you an idea of the size of it, but I don't know. I mean, you could, they could really all have been, been pa- they could have been packed on like sardines, for all I know. Yeah, I think it was more than a little dinghy, as I understand it. Mm-hmm. I think um, big cargo ships can run on very small crews. Yeah. I feel like forty is actually probably quite a lot. So it's probably quite a a big old ship not boat they get angry if you call them boats they do the first bodies were discovered upon the upper deck the crew appeared to have died in great agony but showed Mm -hmm. no external injuries in the story it actually specifically mentions that all the staff found were asian okay all all the crew were all the crew that were found were of asian origin okay and this sounds like a very random and slightly weird addition, but again, it's something that we can put a pin into, and I can come back to it later when we talk about any of the theories and any possible supporting elements of the story, if that is okay by you. I think that's good. Okay. In the radio room, the operator was found, his earphones still on, and his hand on the key. Ooh, on E, I presume. Oh, well. Oh, he did Morse code. It was Morse code. I'm expecting, I'm just like, they're typing. Typing? No, come on. His hand oh. was on the little, like, beep, 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 thing. That's just a quality impression. Quality impression of, and, and the thing is, I'm doing the little hand. Um, up <laughs> yeah, and, yeah you can't see that. I, you but. can't see this, but I am actually doing a, doing phys- I'm doing a proper yeah, physical yeah. impression of somebody tapping out Morse code. You see, would you, I die, you had time to morse code out four letters maybe it should it was about it was going to be it was about him wanting to go on a diet i mean maybe he just didn't get this is the one (laughs) it's such a weird message it is such a weird message isn't it to to have done indecipherable morse code just basically like smashing the little tappy thing and then be like i die yeah i mean that's really dramatic like, say something useful. I don't know what in four <laughs> the letters. The thing is, now, this we're going off on a, we're going off on one again. But 
it takes ages to type anything out in Morse code. So this isn't even like he just was on the radio. He will have spent like 30 seconds typing like no, I, not I think, that long. Yeah, I think trained <laughs> Morse code operators can probably operate a touch Yes, yes, faster, okay, but, but it's still yeah. lot, it's still It's an effort. It's an effort to send something so dramatic yeah. over dots and dashes. Yeah. I mean, um, he could have said something useful. It was the aliens? Yeah, just A-L-I-E, even if he didn't manage to get the N out. <laughs> Back to the story. Sorry. The ship's dog was also found. Oh, Papa. Mid-snarl. <gasps> mid-snarl? I know. Oh. Not the dog. Not the dog. The dog is yeah. dead. It's instantly a bad story when the dog's dead. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am not on board with whoever's done this. <laughs> so all the ship's papers were gone, presumed taken by the crew of the missing lifeboat. Again, can you remember that little fact? Yeah. Okay. And um, the rescue party are said to have noticed a peculiar smell and felt an ominous chill. Oh well, I mean, peculiar smell of dead corpses in well, they, 40 plus degrees heat they said that there was no sign of decay on the corpses it was like they had just was it ghosts died and remember that it took them 19 hours to get there yeah that's what i'm saying 19 hours so in 19 hours in 45 degrees heat off the coast of sumatra or wherever yeah just like yeah that is rum mm-hmm. so the decision was made to tow the ship to port But just as they began to sort this out, smoke started pouring out of the hold, so the first officer ordered everyone to leave the vessel. Several explosions were heard that didn't destroy the ship, but set it on fire. And for hours, they watched the steamer burn until it eventually sank. The end. The end? That's not allowed to be the end. Wow, okay. I've got to say... To start with, what you're watching it for hours, Matt. Could you not have like radioed for another boat well, to come if and it help? Well, it took them 19 hours to get there in one of the busiest shipping lanes in. Yeah, there was nobody. Apparently, Southeast they Asia. were the clo- Apparently, they were the closest. Fine, whatever they say. Mm. Well, I'm already feeling that you're not you're not completely on board with this story. Something fishy is going on. Something and fishy. And that's not indeed. meant to be a nautical pun. No, but it is. Oh, yeah. Um. So. What so far about the story cove is ringing, ringing the sort of the bells of bullshits with you? Okay, so ship in trouble, fine. That, yeah, that's that completely tracks. Someone's sick, and then very quickly people start dying. I mean, don't know what that could be, but it feels like something that could happen. Um, yeah, these things do happen, and people do die quickly. 19 hours to get there seems a bit long to me. I don't know whether that's something I should be fixating on, but... Well, they were 210 nautical miles away. Yeah, okay. I'm surprised that there wasn't a ship closer. Yeah, that's what I mean, that it, it, it... Maybe I'm just overestimating the busyness of the Straits of Malacca. Possibly. Um, but it did. It has said that it was an incredibly busy shipping lane. Yeah. Everything that I've read, that well, it was it, an incredibly busy shipping it lane. It is. It's it's one of the main shipping routes between like the Indian Ocean and the Pacific. Mm-hmm. It's it's hugely busy. 
and it's quite and it's a strait. Yeah. It's not like we're in open ocean. No, it's <laughs> well, we are kind of geo. <laughs> well, but nautically, mm. nautically speaking, it is quite a narrow pass, hence a strait. Yes. It, it's narrow between what, Indonesia and Sumatra. I think that's right. Correct me if I'm wrong, but... I'm not going to be able to correct you. I'm sure there might be somebody <laughs> who's going to be able to correct you um, if you are wrong. But it's not, it's not like they're out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles from land. No. So for the, yeah, for the nearest ship to be that... And even if it had drifted off course... It probably would have, like, bumped into Sumatra. <laughs> so, okay, there's, there's, there's that. A, there's That's a geographical weirdness geographically going on there that and I'm sort of how long it took and the fact that nobody else kind of was there before or nobody had actually radioed and said, you know, we found this random ship yeah. and everyone's dead. Do you know anything about it? And the people on the Silver Star were like, oh, we're on our way. Yeah. Mm. I, mm. Not, not feeling, not feeling 100% about that. I'm not feeling 100% about that. That's, that feels a little bit more like a made-up story that hasn't had all the details thought through <laughs> okay. of everything. I mean, bodies in creepy poses with no visible signs of injury. That's mm -hmm. the stuff of classic conspiracy theories. Oh, isn't it, it is. Yeah. That's, and it's the stuff of legend, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but people can die from inha inhaling nasty things. They so can. So that's, that's a thing. I don't... That that's an avenue that can be yep. explored that doesn't necessarily and make me it think can and total those crap. and a lot of toxins can cause almost instant rigor mortis. Oh yeah. So you some nasty stuff. Some out there. nasty things that will basically freeze you in various poses and so on. Yeah. The fact that there is no decomposition though is odd. Very odd. Yeah. Um, and that... they don't. And the story doesn't mention that the bodies smell or that there's any smell of decay because let's be honest smell of decay is an excellent trope to put in a creepy horror oh, story really let's let's and not wishing to make myself sound too creepy but it's a very distinctive smell that you do not forget in a hurry oh it really is and so you would think that that would be I think it would be noted. You think it? that it would be noted that that was the smell yeah. rather than it be just... A random distinctive a smell. A random distinctive smell. What could that be? Mm. If it's not the smell of decay, what could that smell be? Yeah. The ominous chill in the air. Is that a literary mechanism? Mechanic? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, or is there actually something that is causing the air to become chilled yeah that i think that those are the questions that need delving into aren't they like is there something that could cause basically a metal tin floating in 40 degree heat to get really cold inside mm -hmm. and then the explosion it just just conveniently explodes so that no one it can't be towed back to port and investigated nope mm. so yeah what happened to the lifeboat yeah, that's a big one, isn't it? Well, would you like to know? We know. July 1947, so around three weeks later, a lifeboat washed ashore on Teongi. That sounds, it sounds like that's possibly how it's pronounced. It's part of the Marshall Islands. Oh, um, okay. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Marshall Islands are a 
sprawling chain of volcanic islands and atolls in the Central Pacific Ocean between Hawaii and the Philippines. That's a long way from the Strait of Malacca. In three weeks? I mean, that's that's very specific. That has to drift in a very straight line to get there. Yeah. Mm. Suspicious. Suspicious. The fact that it drifts in a straight line for three weeks. I mean, we know how currents change and mm. the wind changes direction. And you're on a tiny, you're in a tiny little lifeboat. You are absolutely at the mercy of... And I mean, it can't go in a straight line because sort of like the Philippines get in the way. So <laughs> you've got, it would have to drift in a straight line, but in a wiggly route to avoid the huge, like possibly thousands of islands that are between the Strait of Malacca and the Marshall Islands. That's just odd. You are not wrong. The story goes like this. There was one survivor. Of course there is. Of yeah. course there is. Just, I there, mean, there's always one survivor. You could, if, if you were... I'm sorry, I'm just having to move... I'm having to move around slightly. I say again, we're in our utility room. It's a... It's an it's an interesting setup, but we're we're doing our best. We're doing our best, yeah. but it's not. These remotely. chairs look comfy, but my behind is going <laughs> to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's really not comfortable. So there was one survivor, and he told a missionary his story, who then told the tale to Silvio Shirley. I want to say Shirley. S C H E R L I. Yeah, Shirley. Silvio Shirley of Trieste who retold the account in a report, Export Trade, September the 28th, 1959. Right. So that's a bit of a time after, isn't it? Okay, yes. That's a good 11 years later. His name was Jerry Rabbit. No. Apparently so. I mean, it has been three weeks, so maybe he was just, make, I mean, maybe he was just making something this up. Is, this is the escaped crew member. Yes, the one Jerry survivor Rabbit. was called Jerry Rabbit. The, from the crew of all Southeast Asian gentlemen who were killed and a dog. Apparently. The one survivor was called Jerry Rabbit. <laughs> Just... They're not even trying now. <laughs> yeah, this missionary couldn't think of any Southeast Asian, like, sort of Asian names, could he? And he was like, he was called Jerry Rabbit. Or yeah, maybe... there was just a rabbit nearby. Well, I was going to say, maybe... He, he maybe he was um, oh maybe he was German and so he was like Jerry is a well people used to call no German I'm sorry I'm yes, saying during because we're talking just after World me, War Two yes, yeah. so if he was German you could have been like he's Jerry yeah and then very maybe that he he just saw him. <laughs> Maybe there. maybe he just saw a rabbit. Yeah. Very kind of like he walks with wolves. <laughs> it doesn't. He's a German. Oh, there's a rabbit. Let's call him Jerry Rabbit. Again. I mean somewhat off topic. The But this makes as much sense as some of the stuff that I've read. The so honestly just... contortions we're having to go through to make Jerry <laughs> Rabbit make at least a lick of sense. Yeah, no. Suggests I... that that is oh, Bunkum? Yeah. Yeah. Bullshit. Okay, but anyway. He was recruited in Ballast, Shanghai, on the 7th of June, 1947. Okay, so the Orang Medan sailed from Shanghai is what he's claiming. Yes. Okay. They didn't want any papers from him. Mm, that's suspicious. He suspected many of the rest of the crew were employed the same way. And many of the crew had been, the, the crew had all been picked up at the port in Shanghai. Right. 
I see that in and of itself is suspicious. A complete crew change because this isn't. We're assuming that the this isn't the Orang Maidan's maiden voyage. So, so a complete a who com- sailed it to Shanghai and what happened to them? It sounds from again. It sounds as though the captain was the same cap. The, the captain mm. was the captain. Yeah. But then. The whole crew was the whole crew was taken. The whole crew was switched out at Shanghai. The whole crew was taken on at Shanghai. That's deeply suspicious. He said that the Orang Madan was originally a Chinese steamer. Okay. And he alleged that seven thousand boxes were taken on overnight at Shanghai, and then they sailed eighty nautical miles south, where they took on another eight thousand boxes. Okay, yeah, so that's just down the Chinese coast, basically. Yes. Right. He suspected it was contraband. Seems reasonable if you're switching out your entire crew. And taking on a lot of random boxes. Apparently the destination was Costa Rica, and the course was purposefully plotted to avoid the main shipping routes. (laughs) So, which is really strange because... you're sailing the ship down the main shipping route, but okay. But they're sailing the wrong way, then. Yeah. This is... Deeply suspicious? I think... Okay, it starts to make a little bit more logical sense if you disregard the Straits of Malacca stuff. Because that is... That does come up in a few places, but not everywhere. Yeah. Because, I mean, Costa Rica is just across... I say just across the Pacific, but... From China, you're going to want to sail east, possibly taking stops at places like the Marshall Islands if you do a big loop south. Mm-hmm. So that would be more sensible rather than sailing the wrong way around the world <laughs> just to avoid detection. I mean, that is some effort. It is some effort. Unless it wasn't actually going to Costa Rica. Or existed <gasps> at all. Oh, no, okay, hold yeah, on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, or maybe yeah. the aliens told them to do it. Yeah. Anyway, June the 21st. One of the stokers fell ill, and one of them died. And then the machine crew all fell ill, complaining of stomach cramps and pain, and then they died. Rabbit apparently looked through the ship's papers, because of course you'd be able to do that, nobody would stop you, and found that they had loaded 1,500 boxes of sulfuric acid and cyanide and 20 canisters of nitroglycerin. (laughs) Wow. There was a suggestion that fumes had formed, which is what made people sick and start to die. And he himself died of intense exhaustion a few days after rescue. So shipping nasty chemicals then. That's what he claims. Absolutely. I mean, would... I don't know enough about the chemicals in question, I don't think. I'm trying to think if they would if it would reasonably be poisonous to people throughout the ship. Well, this is something that we will get onto when we talk about the sort of the possible, one of the possible theories. Okay, yeah. But um, I've been doing all sorts of research about thermodynamics. And (laughs) yeah, I'm not going half, there's no half measures about this. Like (laughs) there's me trying to learn about the reason that gases are gases become and canisters become cold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ominous chill. 
Oh. oh no, there's 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 reasons. There's, yeah. There's, okay. There's reasons behind my madness. I'm prepared to be wowed by theories. Uh, so here we go. We've got some possible explanations. Yeah. So this is what people have come up with to explain this as an actual factual event. A thing that happened. A thing that happened. Okay. Okay. Number one, methane. Okay. <laughs> so, methane that was bubbling up from the seabed enveloped the ship, killing the crew and eventually causing the explosion. Wow. Yeah. Enjoy that one. That's one of the sensible ones, isn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm. It's not being an expert on the generation of methane pockets on the seabed in the Pacific and Indian Oceans, I'm not sure how realistic that actually is. Well, I have done some. <laughs> <laughs> I have done some I'm research. Get you a t-shirt with I have done some research. I have on. done some research about methane deposits in the world's oceans. It's not the most thrilling of you things surprise to me. research. You surprised me. You shocked me to my core. Mm. Um, there obviously are deposits mm -hmm. of methane in the area that the ship is supposed to be. In fact, they're fairly, there's, there's a fairly high concentration around that well, area. However, realistically, there is not a chance that enough methane is going to be released, seeing as it's generally like some bubbles. Yeah. To envelop an entire tanker steamship that is adrift yes. for 19 hours. Yeah. So not only has it managed to permeate through the entire of this ship, every little nook and cranny, and kill everyone, and then the ship drifts, and it's still there. Now, they say that's a possibility there was an odd smell. Mm -hmm. But I would say that most of us would know the smell of methane. It smells like farts. It smells like farts. And you're not going to, in this wonderful legend and... <laughs> <laughs> we, we went on board and it smelled like farts. It smelled like farts. You're not going... That's yeah, not... Okay. It's going to be an ominous chill in the air and there was a very odd smell. <laughs> yeah, no. But... Also, if it was if the if there was enough methane to have killed the entire crew and then cause a massive explosion, the people who went on board would end up getting very sick very quickly, you would think. This is one of my major queries so far. Okay, go on. Is that if the crew died so quickly, why didn't the rescue party? But according to the lifeboat chap, Jerry. Mr. Rabbit. Jerry Rabbit. Yeah. It took... The first the first person fell ill on the 21st. Okay. Six days before he and I. Okay? Mm-hmm. So he's saying... And they will have been sailing all of that time as well. Yeah. So again, how does the methane deposit thing work? The because a moving methane deposit. A moving... That just, a moving... That just loves that boat so much. Uh, yeah. Ship. Ship. Um, so it's moving. So for six days, there was enough methane surrounding the ship that nobody noticed. Nobody exploded themselves whilst having a smoke mm. on the deck. 
which I can't imagine that if there was 40 crew, none of them are having a crack in cigarettes in the 1940s. I'd be surprised if every single one of them... Exactly. Smoke. So you would imagine that if there was some major gas in the air, there would be... Yeah. I mean, a small... I cigarette wouldn't think, but I think that I think it's a thumbs down to the me I think they I think they well I know it probably wouldn't set the light maybe I've watched too many films but I think that if it's concentrated it's enough to concentrated kill the entire crew with looks of horror on and their face and the thing is to light a cigarette dog. they're going to be lighting their zippo also it's a steamship it has a furnace no but what, the stokers have all died yeah but you've still got something oh, no. burning there uh, and yeah yeah flame burns off methane so in theory the people nearest the furnace should be the last to die they should be the last to die yeah okay no thumbs down thumbs Thumbs, down thumbs down you're giving that one a out out of 10 uh thumbs down a thumbs down (laughs) out of 10 excellent okay number two that there was an undetected smoldering fire and malfunction in the ship's boiler and related system which might be responsible Carbon monoxide poisoning may have been responsible for the deaths and the fire slowly got out of control, leading to the explosion. Okay. I mean, better than methane. Better than methane? Would that explain why the stokers got sick first? Potentially, yeah, if they were working near the boiler system. Near the boiler system. system. Um, The boiler system would have been um, piping throughout the entire... Yeah, and and venting throughout the entire venting, ship. Yes, so yeah, uh, so that, carbon, that's... carbon monoxide poisoning could have uh, could have gradually. Yeah, and it's the scentless killer. Yes, you can't it is. smell carbon yeah. monoxide. So well, but there was a weird smell. But that might have just been decay. Mm, yeah, rotten know. food. I mean, we don't know. I mean, yeah. Mm. Okay. If you're telling us, you've all, we've also got to remember that if you're telling a story, you're going to be. Just putting down the sort of the main points, you're not going to go into a 47 page description of exactly what everything was like. Yeah, I don't. Oh, are you? Because I would think that if this major event had happened, I'd have told everything. Oh, see, well, you would certainly have told like the Coast Guard, the maritime people who were in charge of things i am yeah the people in charge of the sea the people in charge of seas <laughs> yeah. yeah they need to know what's going on know, but you would think that there will be a very academic and detailed report yes on exactly what was seen smelt heard mm-hmm. yeah i don't feel like carbon monoxide could be responsible for the weird temperature and preservation of the bodies though no again through (laughs) through my research (laughs) i carbon monoxide poisoning is you are able to see it in post-mortem corpses Uh because you have it's a cherry red lividity okay i couldn't find out whether it actually preserves bodies in the same way as like if they've been pumped full of like formaldehyde or yeah, whatever i wouldn't have thought i wouldn't so. have thought so and you would have thought that if they were all cher- if every single one of them was cherry red that might have been might something have been mentioned. that was mentioned but again <laughs> jerry might have said then they all turned red and then they all died yeah yeah but he was on death's door uh, you know he'd just been this just been in a boat for three weeks and was the only survivor yeah but how did he die? Why did he die then if he'd been out in the fresh sea air for three weeks? 
Yes, because being out in the fresh sea air for three weeks isn't at all going oh, to Oh, so cause... he died of that rather than of, yeah, okay. Rather than... Died of exposure rather he died than, of inte- yeah. I di- He died of intense exhaustion a few sorry, days after Sorry, you did say that and I, 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 I forgot in my excitement about <laughs> the other stuff. Okay. But we don't think that's, um, we think that's better than the methane, but still not necessarily... I think it's better. I I have a ma- I still have this major problem with the gas theory anyway in the it's not like it's a fully enclosed space a ship it's open to the air. Not all of it though. Yeah, but did they just keep going one at a time down into enclosed air like they've been a long while. No, but for Got to go and check on Jerry. It wouldn't have been exposed there's not going to be a lot of it that's exposed to the air in that way. It's not like it's completely open. Doors are closed. Yes, the inside is open to corridors and so on. But generally speaking, you would think that a lot of a ship is sealed, especially like there would have been watertight doors and all sorts, because you would think again that there's got to be some form of protection. I guess, yeah. I don't know enough about... No, I mean, I'm presuming some gases are heavier than atmospheric air and could therefore collect, but they would have to collect in a place that all of the people went. So why were people up on the deck? Yeah, why were people dead, dead on the deck? Though they could have been, they could have staggered up there. Yeah, which means that it would have to be something very, very quick acting, though, whereas yeah. old Jerry's testimony seems to suggest that it had an incubation period. No, Jerry's testimony seems to suggest that it started near where the stokers were mm. and gradually permeated through the ship. Yeah. Which is why people... In, on d- different parts of the ship and in different areas gradually got sicker and sicker until it reached the top. Yeah. And that's... that's That that potentially works. Something kind of quite a heavy gas that quite accumulates. Gas. Yeah. Um, rather than something that would disperse. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. Thumbs in the middle. Okay. The third is that the boxes that were brought on board... Mm-hmm. Um, was impro- was improperly stored and it was hazardous cargo. So Jerry mentioned nitroglycerin, um, but we're saying even potassium cyanide or even various other nerve agents. Yeah, you see now nerve agents is possibly something, but they tend to be very quick acting, I think. Mm. Is this where the where the the Japanese thing I've read about comes in? Is that is that yeah. what that linkage is? So. If we believe the story about the loaded boxes that was apparently told by the survivor, you've got to wonder what they would contain. And so in November 1937, the Japanese occupied Shanghai, Uh which is where the ship was said to have sailed from. And in 1938, uh, Unit 731 was set up in Japanese-occupied China. Uh, the aim was to develop biological weapons, and there was a secret research and experimental school in Shinjuku, uh, in central Tokyo as well. And it... It was super nasty. Oh, it was horrendous. If anyone doesn't know about Unit 731, yeah. it was founded by a chap called, well, run by Ishiro Ishii. Ishii. It's hideous. It's absolutely hideous. Think sort of, um, like... The kind of experimentation normally associated with that like, Joseph Mengele. I was going to say, th- like think, think Nazi experiments, eugenics, yeah, those kind of things. It's really hideous stuff. And there's, it's supposed Ishii was uh, pardoned at the at the end of the war. He was ne- he never stood 
Um, it was never uh, tried for war crimes. No. Um, and there's a lot of people suspect that he was folded into the sort of like Operation Paperclip style thing whereby the Nazi scientists were pulled across to the US, the US. to the Allied powers um, to bring kind of to basically to up their game in the space race and weapons development during the cold war so there's a lot of people who think that ishii perhaps uh was headhunted for his biological and chemical weapons and other things yeah um and it wasn't it wasn't until um 1984 that japan actually even acknowledged its existence yeah well, so yeah. people people knew but it wasn't uh, yeah. it was a very closely guarded secret to give a summary, because it is horrendous, and we should all know about it. Oh, yeah, in the way it's, that it's we should, in the way that we, should, that we should talk about various genocides and oh. so on, we shouldn't forget that these things did happen. It is, it's not an easy subject to no. read about at all. Um, it's quite deeply upsetting. I found quite a lot of the research quite deeply upsetting. Yeah. In fact, even. Yeah, I can hear it in your voice. Even, just, talk, just even, talk, talking, even about talking about it, I'm remembering some of the things that I read, and it's yeah, yeah, it's it's not worth going into here. But suffice to say, yeah, that that's a good warning for people who want to delve deeper into it. And I would say, please do, but just be aware that it isn't going to be an easy read. No, but just very. To try and summarise it and not start crying, humans were basically deliberately infected with plague, anthrax, cholera and other pathogens. Enemy soldiers were used. Mm-hmm. The estimate of the enemy soldiers who were within the actual sort of sort of experimental areas, the labs, yeah. let's say, it's estimated between about 3,000 and 12,000. Who knows? We, ju- we yeah. just don't know. There's it's, no, it's an imprecise figure. There's no, rec- there was, there's yeah. no records. Um, these people were... Con- there's I can't remember what the word they used was, but they called them logs. Yes, yeah. I can't remember what the actual... I can't remember what the Japanese the, term is. The it, Japanese but, but yes, term is, but they were basically logs, refer- referred to them as logs, not people. They mm. were... Um, they were treated as just... Well... Well, yeah, just experimental experimental objects. objects. It, it's it's particularly but, gruesome. Um, civilians were also used as guinea pigs. Uh-huh. Some of the more horrific experiments include vivisection without anaesthesia, pressure chambers to see how much a human could take before his eyes popped out, and the death toll from the chemical warfare experiments on the general population of China just released was between 200 and 400,000 dead. Absolutely horrific. Yeah. Um, I think it lasted for about 40 years as well. So if we, yeah. Oh, gosh, okay. So, knowing what we know about Unit 731 and the chemical experiments that were going on, the pathogens and so on you want to test the viability of the theory that perhaps the maidan was a some kind of unregistered vessel transporting Transporting materials from from china China, shanghai to goodness knows where yeah well costa rica's in central america but who who knows where it could have been going yeah 
than... I think, I think it almost doesn't matter where they were going. No. Um, I think it's... What's the possibility that there was an unregistered steamer yeah. transporting from Shanghai? Yes. Well, I think there's a good possibility. I Well, I think it's it feels like a logical um, theory, this one. Yeah. It feels like something that is entirely plausible because, like I say, things like Operation Paperclip, we know that there was this movement in the post-war period to uh, kind of reap the fruits of the Axis research and experimentation um, in order to bring it to, to be used by the Western powers, particularly in the Cold War, and quite often to prevent the USSR getting any benefit. So it seems entirely plausible that there was a move to get this from China, get chemicals and potentially research notes yep. from China to somewhere in the West in 1947. That seems utterly logical. It would explain to me as well why when the people... So the original story said that no paperwork was found and it was assumed that it had been taken on the lifeboat. Mm -hmm. The cynic in me says... Wouldn't you have just collect? You wouldn't you have just collected it up to take back? Because if you're an American steamship and you've got loads of paperwork about these chemical weapons, wouldn't you have just collected it to take back and said, "Nah, we didn't find anything." Yeah, I I think that, and I think there's also a strong possibility that it would have just gone overboard if there was a problem. Yeah. Um, like exactly what happened standing orders for like Enigma code books and things like oh, absolutely. first thing you do is you send the code book you send the important stuff it doesn't matter if you don't get it as long as they don't get it that's worse well that was why and one of the things that I have got in the pipe work pipe work? pipeline pipeline for upcoming episodes is talking about number stations uh, yeah, yeah. and knowing about the one time one-time pads. One-time pads and how that they were often flash paper, they were mm. rice paper, so they were edible. This, nom, nom. This is what people were doing at the time to make sure that the other the other guys didn't get hold of the research. Yeah. You're, also on, you're also undertaking an incredibly secret, undertaking secret experiments on the population. You're not going to want that getting out no you don't want the evidence there well like you said japan certainly refused not, to acknowledge the existence of unit 7314 certainly not after the um after the war has ended exactly yeah because this is post-war now yeah so yeah i i like this as far as we've got with it mm -hmm. that's not to say that oh yeah okay so this is definitely what happens it's just but this it's... is the most plausible explanation for the story we have also um possible sort of seawater penetration badly stored can badly stored cargo things mm -hmm. like chemicals mixing creating gases deadly soup yep there's these are the these are things that can happen and yeah. we have a historical record of these kind of events happening not on necessarily on a spooky ghost ship in the middle of the ocean but we do have evidence we just well we know it ourselves even from just chemistry experiments at school yeah. about mixing chemicals together and don't then mix that and that don't mix that and that no otherwise yeah, yeah do this in a fume cabinet yeah so that yeah. It, it, that for me sort of says well it's entirely 
not entirely possible, but it's the most... Uh, currently, it's at the top of my yeah. explanations. Yeah. And it would, as well, if we're kind of going... To, and I don't want to be a conspiracy theory. No, we start, I mean, we, we are moving more towards the tinfoil hat end of the yeah. theories. But, but uh, there are... Conspiracy theories quite often do have... Some of them, anyway, do have a foundation in reality. Mm. That oh, that's there, what makes them attractive and sort that of there supportive. Are, yeah. That there are things that have happened that... Yeah. That's why that, for me, becomes very, very difficult. It is. It is. It's a really fine line to walk. Um, my preferred approach is to uh, try and find the explanation that is the least crazy, that makes the least assumptions effect like an, an application of Occam's razor sort of thing. Like for me, it's probably not zeb zebras. My goodness me! Wow, zebras. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's 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 that it's the yeah here who's think horses approach. Yeah. Where uh, and for me, I don't think it's I don't think it's a leap as like a pseudo historical leap to tie it to the unit 731 yeah. the fact that we know about the about scientists being brought to the west um from the axis powers after the war i think that is a reasonable assumption to say that that's completely yeah. logical i think it's a reasonable it's a reasonable historically based theory yes that's it theory is the word and i think a lot of other things can be explained away if you think well actually this is probably more likely like a lot of the stuff if you reposition it from the Straits of Malacca to somewhere in the Western Pacific, then all of a sudden some other criticisms go away. That's just been misidentified. So actually this happened in the Western Pacific. That means that it's much more likely to only have two boats within several hundred miles. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to you don't have to fold the crew of the Silver Star into your conspiracy theory. You just don't have to. No. I mean, you can if you want, but there's the more logical explanation is the boat, the the Maidan caught fire and they all got the hell off. Yeah. And there's nothing they could do because there were no other boats within several hundred miles. They just had to watch it sink. Yep. Let it burn. I feel like we're getting close to solving it after all. <laughs> <laughs> I have more pages there. Okay. Of okay. notes. Theory four. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Pirates. Blimey, didn't see that coming. Should have done. <laughs> didn't see it coming. We can go over this one pretty quickly. Because I said before, there's a lot of piracy on the Strait of Malacca. However, it might not have even happened on the Strait of Malacca. And there were no visible signs on any of the bodies. Yeah, so they're creepy pirates whose preferred method is to... Scare them to death! Scare people to scare death. Them ghost to pirates. Ghost pirates. ghost pirates. Oh, you've just got to number six. Oh, sorry. Ghost pirates, honestly. Just pretend I didn't say that. I'll okay. act surprised when you get there. But you would have thought that the SOS, if it was pirates, it would have mentioned being boarded. Yes. It wouldn't have been like... You wouldn't have said, doctor, please. Doctor, and please. Well, I... they did ask for a warship, maybe. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> Though you would have imagined that they might have said why. Yeah. So I would say we can draw a big thumbs down onto. Yeah, on I don't like one. to give a thumbs down to pirates in any situation, but I'm going to have to. I know I like to give a thumbs down to pirates. These pirates are. Yeah. South, well, you know South me. Seas pirates. Yeah, but they're not going round with like a hook, a hook and an eye patch, are they? Yo ho ho in it. No, things. they're going round with AK-47s and. Okay, I'll let you have this one. Thank you. Okay, 
my notes here say five aliens. <laughs> you ready? Just ellipsis. Seriously? Question mark. <laughs> that- <laughs> I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Well, that would certainly explain everything. Eminent astronomer, mathematician, and archaeologist. Again, guess who did her research? Dr. M. K. Jessup in 1955, suggested that the crew was attacked by UFOs prior to their death, hence their terrified expressions. This is, sorry, an eminent archaeologist said that it's reasonable that it was attacked by aliens. Oh, yep. I can't remember what the book he wrote was called. I might get... I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. Dr. M.K. Jessup says, I'm not saying it was aliens, but it was aliens. I'm sorry, Dr. M.K. Jessup, you're talking bunk. Okay. Six. Ghosts stroke paranormal activity. Not even put any notes next to that. Yeah, wow. Seven, ghost pirates. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. Got it, nailed it. And I've written underneath it, I swear this is just shit that anyone throws out, blaring bullshit meter. Wow. <laughs> That's, uh, I was. I, I think by this point I was like, I am so tired. Really? Someone suggesting ghost pirates? I am so tired. And it was quite funny because the uh, the research that I was reading and that actually mentioned about the ghost pirates, I couldn't find where that had come from. Yeah. But the person, the the information I was reading said that they had read one of the theories being ghost pirates. And so I had to put it down. So yeah. secondary evidence that yeah. ghost pirates is a... I mean, it's, it's worth establishing that we will get into ghosts probably in one in a future episode, oh. and we're not immediately dismissive of the paranormal. But in this situation, that's your best explanation. Ghost pirates. Ghost pirates, really? Yeah. But anyway, let's go past that because yeah. I didn't read anything about ghost pirates. Thank goodness. Otherwise, I think I might have <laughs> I don't know thrown my research out the window. The laptop yeah. would have been gone. But this person did, so thank you to that the person who I was reading who had actually read something about ghost pirates and had carried on writing, so well done, that person. Blimey. Um, it's not as simple as it sounds. Not that it sounded simple to begin with. Yeah, but, but I thought we were getting somewhere towards clarity. Okay. Here are some hard facts. Wow, okay. There is no evidence... That the ship ever existed. When None. it sank? Built. Oh. Existed. At all. Ever. Before. Ever. Prior to nope. Shanghai switcheroo. Nope. Apparently not. Wow. Because the, no, there's no evidence anywhere. Lloyd Shipping registers nothing of the ship's construction, its history. People have been looking into this for, well, a long time. 50, 60 years. There's no evidence in Lloyd Shipping Registers, and there isn't even a log of the accident in the Dictionary of Disasters at Sea, 1824 to 1962. There's no, nothing written about it. There are no pictures. Okay. So you will see in a lot of the research, pictures of this steamer, pictures of this body with with their arm up going, no, no. UFOs. Where have they come from then? They're just they're just fake. They're oh, it's not even that they're fake. They're this is what it probably looked like. <laughs> Dramatic reconstruction. Yeah, well, so the the any picture any grainy black and white pictures that you see of the SS around Medan, that is not the SS around Medan. Uh-huh. That is a this is what it would have looked like. Brilliant. This is a ship that. <laughs> is the same kind <laughs> and i didn't realize that i'd been seeing these pictures being like wow look yeah. at that there we go 
creepy black, slightly grainy black and white photos. No, there's no, wow. no, no photographic evidence, which I find very strange because if the ship, if this American steamer. Oh, went, I thought you said it was Chinese. No, no. The Silver Star was an American. Oh, sorry. Yeah. If this American steamer went to answer an SOS call. Yeah. And then for goodness knows how many hours, everyone just stood on deck watching the ship burn before it exploded. You'd think that somebody would ha- somebody would take a snap. Mm. And even if there was a big hoo-ha and conspiracy, if we go down the conspiracy thing and somebody in a big black suit with sunglasses was like, don't say anything or something bad will happen to your goldfish. You'd send stuff off to be opened after your death, wouldn't yeah. you? And I don't know. I just that can't can't for the life of me imagine why there isn't any evidence of anyone that nobody nobody took i mean maybe i'm coming from the i'm I'm not even the generation of the smart the smartphone taking photos Mm. with your camera phone everywhere so maybe i'm making yeah making assumptions about the availability of that but you but i think they were available they were readily available and a lot of people did have Especially if they're away from families for a long time, a lot of people would take photos of where they were visiting and so on. And I think, yeah, I, I on balance agree with you, but I don't think it's a deal breaker for me to say that there wasn't a camera on board the Silver no, Star. Absolutely, absolutely. However, good to put out there just for you all to know that when you are looking at this, if you see a picture mm. of the SS around Medan, it is not the SS. It's lies. Madan. It's all lies. It's yeah. not all lies. Tommy Sweet little lies. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So. so. No. Right. <laughs> I can. You know, you know the. You know the meme with the woman looking really, really puzzled, and all there is is kind of algebraic equations <laughs> around her. Did I that's just do that? What you look. You just look like, and Brilliant. that's what I've looked like over the past week whilst yeah. I've been trying to find out more about this i'm sure lots of very very learned people with time on their hands have looked into this but i must ask the question of could they not have just painted a different name on a different ship and that's why there's no record of the ss orang maidan anywhere yeah and that is something that some people have said is that if you are going to sneakily transport contraband mm. chemical weapons you're not going to sail the you're not going to sail SS noble eagle up, the, up <laughs> into shanghai you're Harbor. not going to you're yeah, not going to American be like GIs loading yeah exactly on, you're going to maybe call the ship something that is completely not on any registers because yeah. you're going to want to fly sail under the sail under yeah the colors I, of uh, i don't what, yeah yes. whatever we we don't do nautical it turns out okay Okay, so we have some date issues as well. Okay. June 1947. Yeah. It's also mentioned as happening in 1948 in some places. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. The first official mention is in the US Coast Guard um, Proceedings of the Merchant Marine Council in May 1952. It was printed as installments in the Dutch Indonesian paper, The Locomotive, or... The locomotive Samarang 
Gash Hamilton. Ad- I'm not even. No, stop a it. Good effort. Um, Took a real Sam- run at that. Samaranch Samara- Handelson Advertenti Plaid. Let's call it the locomotive. Yeah, let's call it the locomotive. <laughs> let's settle with that and okay. apologise to I all the. Apologise to. Um, I guess people, Dutch people. Dutch people, and I'm just going to apologise to everybody. I think. <laughs> um, so it was installments in the Dutch Indonesian paper on February the third, nineteen forty-eight. Okay, good. February the third, February the twenty-eighth, and March the thirteenth, nineteen forty-eight. So it was three. It was a three-part instalment. Three part installment. Where did the where did they say their story came from? Was this from the sil- crew of the Silver Star? Okay, let's keep going. Okay. The fact that it was in the installments as well doesn't make feels a little it bit feels like a little a serialized bit like story. a serialized story. Yes, um, it was printed in American newspapers in October 1948, entitled "Secrets of the Sea." Mm, okay. Then repeated in 1960s. But, even more interesting, November 1940, Yorkshire Evening Post. Kidding. Mystery SOS from Death Ship. What? If you read the article, of which I have read the article, it starts by saying the information comes from Trieste. The story is identical, but there is no mention of the I die. Uh There's... All it, what it says is that there was a mis- there's an SOS goes out asking for the doctor and the warship and then nothing and then that they found it and it exploded. Nothing about the bodies being creepily posed or anything yeah. like that. But the core information is in this article in the Yorkshire Evening Post <sighs> from 1940, oh. November 1940. Can't remember exactly which date, but you can find you can find it. Oh wow! Okay. You can actually, and article. you can see so you can find the article, and you can actually find it the article within the actual page, mm. so you can see the date. Yeah. So you can sort of see the whole the whole page where it was, and it was like it was in the middle of the paper, and just this little like article about oh no something's happened. Wow. Um, the SS Aromadan is mentioned as the SS Give it, Madame. Gives it that name. Gives it that name. Uh, um, Silver Star isn't mentioned. Okay. No ste- No rescue ship, no lifeboat, nothing. None of that is mentioned. But that the SS around Madame sent out an SOS. And then... Oh, God, it's all bunk, isn't it? The same article was in the mirror, but shorter. And it was also in the uh, Hampshire Telegraph called The Story of a Weird Sea Tragedy. And then it seems like the same story is published in 1948. There's never any named rescue ship. And it is exactly the same as the original story. However, the SOS is markedly different because it is now much more dramatic and there are these bodies. And what's the link? Trieste. Yeah. Because Trieste is mentioned in the 1940s one. Yeah. And Trieste is mentioned in the 1948 one. Yeah. Um, so, if it was Silvio Shirley of Trieste who told the story, then how could the same ship have sunk in both 1940 and 1948? Um, could the 1940... Could it have happened in 1940 and then have been embellished, obviously, for 
1940, like for 1948, because he didn't get enough recognition for this kind of crazy story. However, however, that completely and utterly negates the possibility of it being to do with with Unit 731. And because there were no, there's no mention of the creepy bodies either. It sounds weirdly that actually sounds more likely, not as not as interesting in any way, but that. A ship sent out an SOS saying that people were sick. And then blew up. And then blew up. And blew up and sank. And sank. In 1940. In 1940. During the Second World War. You would think that that suddenly seems... Yeah. And that's why they asked for a war ship in the 1941, because it was in the middle of the Second World War. Yeah. I mean, it was in it was in the well, Pacific Theatre prior to the... Um, prior to the Pacific Theatre actually becoming a thing, but... Uh, but yeah. warships were still a thing. Oh yeah, yeah, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So mentioning warships, yeah, makes more sense in the 1941, which is why there's no mention of warships in the 1948 one. Oh god, I think it's all made up, isn't it? We think this the Yorkshire Evening Post ruining my fun. <laughs> we live in Yorkshire, so this is it was. So I had I had a lot of joy and also sadness when I read that in the Yorkshire Evening Post and was like. Oh, Yorkshire coming through. <laughs> yeah, you've... Spoiling I must say, you've killed my dreams. Even more, the Silver Star did exist. Yeah. But it wasn't even built until 1946. Okay. And it was originally called the Santa Cecilia. So, the dates of this... <laughs> the dates of this ship sinking, um, things happening... <laughs> What is described as happening changes and is gradually embellished by Silvio of Trieste, it Uh seems, because he's the one who says it every time. Yeah. And he's the one who sends information to merchant trade in, like, 56. It's almost like he's, like... He's made it He's like, I heard from a missionary who heard from a survivor that this had happened in 1940, but it was in, the like, the Yorkshire Post. And, and maybe a few little things happened, and then it was... There was an article or two in America. But then it happens again, after the wars ended. Mm. And then... And that again, maybe happens again. Yeah, it, yeah. It doesn't. Does so, it? well, it doesn't happen again. It's just it's talked it's about reported, again. But yeah. we've at the moment, it seems that that poor ship sank in 1939, 1940, 1947, and 1948. We can possibly conflate the 3940, 47, yeah, okay. 48. So we can, but we'll say that it, at least twice. We'll say it happened twice. It sank twice. It sank at least twice. There's probably not many ships that sink more than once. You wouldn't think so. Particularly really big ones. Yeah. The SOS said different things um, from the 1941 to the 1948. 781. The first one, as I said, asked for a doctor and then a warship. And then later on, it says everyone's dead. Mm. It just, it gets creepier, doesn't it? That's that's the thing. It gets creepier. It starts as just a... It starts oh, this, as, this ship went down. Well, it starts off as almost... It starts off... I mean, I'm not entirely sure about... I'm not sure about the... I heard it from a missionary who heard it from a survivor. That sounds... That's very much bloke I met in a pub. That sounds like... Yeah. Yeah. I know somebody who knows a friend who knows a friend who yeah. knows this guy who wants... But the, the idea that a ship sank, sent out a distress call, 
asking for a doctor because something had happened, then asking for a warship, mm. and then sank. Yeah. That's, yep. That's I'm, reasonable. I'm pretty much down with that. And I'm also pretty much down with the fact that it was called the Orang Medan, apart from the fact that there's no records of there ever having been yeah. the Orang Medan. So that is difficult. Yeah. Because if it wasn't some kind of contraband ship for Unit 731, which was the yeah, excuse, which was the excuse we were re- yeah. which is the excuse that we were sort of saying, well, possibly, why would you have a ship that, that was registered and so on? If you take that away, you wouldn't have an unregistered ship. Certainly not. Would you at that time? Certainly. Well, I mean, there's probably unregistered ships all around the place, but it wouldn't surprise me. But isn't it more likely that a random Italian gentleman just got it wrong in his giving a scoop to the Yorkshire Evening Post (laughs) or even just made it up entirely? Yeah. So, I mean, ghost ships are common in folklore. Yeah. You know, Flying Dutchman. Mary Celeste. But the Mar- I mean, that's not really I was going to say, ship. it's not really a ghost ship. That was just See, that's it. it. We say the Flying Dutchman, yes, but there are hundreds of them. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. when I was looking, it was like, I'm just not writing them all down. I'll write down the Flying yeah. Dutchman and then that's it. And the Mary Celeste was a ship. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that's that... That's a mystery ship. That is something that ship. I would love. I'm That's on my list of... Oh, uh, cool history mysteries because it'd be really good to kind of dig into that a little bit yeah because everyone knows the name but i'm guessing there's a lot of detail everyone, there that well, isn't everyone it. knows the the name and the legend the story about <laughs> there's no one here there's no one here <laughs> everything's exactly the same there's yeah. still a cup of tea but it'd be interesting to do what we've definitely, done with this and definitely. take a kind of take a look and say well okay it would have worked if it was here but it's actually maybe not at this time therefore it oh. now no longer works so almost to finish this off there is a good article by somebody called Estelle Hargreaves who wrote The Myth of the Orang Medan Ghost Ship and this is the quote and I thought that this was quite a nice summary it seems a likely theory that this romance of the sea began and ended with Mr Shirley and if so perhaps he got a taste for embellishing his story as the years went on adding the staring eyes and gaping mouths and changing the location. Orang Medan translates as Man from Medan in Indonesian or Malay, and perhaps the city of Medan in Indonesia, which is directly adjacent to the Malacca Strait, may have belatedly felt like a more suitable location for a ship bearing its name. I have to agree. I really wanted it to be uh, all post-World War Two, pre-Cold War conspiracy yeah. craziness, but... Those and as I was just, as I was re, as I yeah. started doing the research, I was really heading towards the Unit Seven Three One secret ship containing chemical weapons. I was, yeah, I was getting pretty sold on that. And then the Yorkshire Post came. The Yorkshire Evening Post. <laughs> the Yorkshire did Evening one, yeah. Post okay, in 1940 okay. came along. And yeah, I thoroughly destroyed that theory. I think that's where I have to finish up with. Um, it didn't happen. Yeah, so I think I'm pretty much at the didn't happen. Mm. I think it's a wonderful urban legend. It is, and I think it's because it can't be proven. It can't be disproven. Yeah, can it be an urban legend if it's on the high seas? Ocean legend. Ocean legend. <laughs> yes, we'll do it that. Um, so it can't be 
proven. It no. can't be disproven. It's going to be something that we're going to be talking about for a yeah. long time. It's going to be, it's kind of a campfire story, isn't it? It is. It's, and it's, it's a great story. It is. It's a great story. It's cemented its place. It will continue to be a mystery no matter how many people research it like you have and we come to the conclusion that yeah probably didn't happen yeah but isn't that isn't that just history one one piece of evidence means you have to reinterpret everything absolutely <laughs> so anyway there we go that's the story of the ss orangmadan and thank you very much for listening we'd be very grateful if you could give us a good review if you have enjoyed this on wherever you're listening to this podcast as it will help us in make more of these in the future leave a comment suggesting what you'd like to hear for future history mysteries if there's anything that you can think of that you think you know i'd love to know a little bit more about that and do follow us on all the socials twitter and instagram um it's hist mist podcast on both of them so, yeah, until next time, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jim, for letting me tell you all about this. It's been and an enlightening de- pleasure. And destroying your yes, hope yeah. that it wasn't actually a complete and utter made-up story. Tinfoil hat getting crumpled up and going in the bin. Now. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. But, yeah, thank you for joining me. <laughs> and thank you, everyone who's listening, for joining us. And we'll see you next time on the History Mysteries podcast. Bye, guys.